This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is our first show after vacation. Isn't that exciting? Vacation? We're back. Yeah. Did you miss us? <laughs> I hope you missed us. I missed all of you. It's kind of like funny that we went on like a Who Weekly adjacent vacation. Is it funny or is it expected? Is it typical? Right. But that's what I'm saying. It's like we're so like lame that even when we like go on vacation, we like went together and we went to like a stupid Who Weekly adjacent <laughs> event. <laughs> um, filled with who's. We went to one of the whoiest events on the planet. Probably. Like so hooey. Like so hooey that like no one knew who we were and we didn't know who anyone was. Like it was a, actually perfect. It's a seasonal hooey event because like these people are barely who's. They're who's for you know, one month and then you're they're completely forgotten, you know? Um, especially to Americans. But we will get to that we'll get to later. That in a We're gonna do like a big kind of chat about that. But first let's just play the theme song now. Okay. <laughs> you will trailer. Wow, been a long time since I heard the theme song. Sounds great. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm still sort of jet lagged. Let's let's get into um, the second most important topic of the day, which is the royal wedding, which happens in t minus three days. How does that count? Three days. No, I'm so anxious. Under just, we're under a hundred hours, people. We're so close to this. I've wedding. been reading lots of like bad articles leading up to it to try and like learn stuff, and a lot of people have been saying um, my least favorite thing, where you say like it's only three sleeps. <laughs> only three sleeps. <laughs> oh, I haven't I seen that. Hate you. I haven't seen that. Oh, that's my like god, a huge pet bad. peeve. Is when people are like oh, three bad. sleeps till Christmas. It's like uh, sleeps. sleeps. <laughs> you. I've Gross. never heard that. That's First of all, disgusting. you don't know my sleeping habits. You don't know when and how I sleep. So don't tell me about how many sleeps. Please don't measure my life in Some sleeps. Some people sleep like twice a day. They get the naps in. Yeah, it could be fourteen <laughs> sleeps. You don't know how often I sleep. I'm a freelancer. Have Einstein slept like eight times a day, right? Someone something like that, right? I just. I hate it. I it sounds like it's like mm, three sleeps. How many sleeps? So we have officially Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So four sleeps <laughs> till the royal wedding. Don't we, say that. Although, means, are we really going to sleep the night before? Because I'm not. God knows we got to get up early so that we can go to the I'm show not. at Freehold, which I'm I think not. there are still tickets for. It's almost sold out. Which is fucking insane that there are going to be. The New York so- Magazine people are like, we expect it to sell out. So maybe as of this release it sold out so i expected no one that to was come. a humble brag by the way that wasn't even a humble brag that was straight up brag it sold out by the way Lindsay said we uh Lindsay made fun of me for expecting triple digits let me tell you something we got triple digits so get excited this like it just i this means like there's pressure like i need to like be awake alive i need oh. to know what's going on we need to oh. get a great powerpoint together it's gonna be great Keynote. i promise you this you know whatever but everyone's what gonna I'm- be delusional they're gonna laugh at everything it's fine I'm going to be delusional. <laughs> We're going to have Joe, our British friend. Oh, my God. Dr. Joe? Did you Dr. know she's a doctor? Joe. Yes, I knew got, she was a doctor. We got Dr. a doctor. Joe will be there. I don't know what she's, she's a doctor She's a doctorate of. in um, uh, English literature? English history. <laughs> British history. <laughs> She'll tell us. All that matters is that she is a British person, and all we need is a British person. As we've learned from this past, honestly, this week of vacation, all you need is somebody from the country. They know everything. They know everything. <laughs> And even if they don't know everything, we're stupid enough to be convinced that they know everything just because they kidding? have an accent. Every fucking person who walked out to us and told us anything about Eurovision, we were like, yep, uh-huh, totally believe you, 100%. <laughs> like, it was honestly uh, hilarious. Like, everyone was an expert and we weren't. It was great. It was like, it was like being... It was like being a baby, like going to school or something. (laughs) You're skipping topics. Let's focus on, because this is the last most marvelous headline of the week. Can you believe it? If only we had a theme song. Too bad we don't. Honestly, I'm kind of relieved. (laughs) Because it's the last one, we're going to read a few of them. Because um, we sort of expected, we talked about this enough, that the the headlines would get a little more boring as we got as we crept closer and closer uh, to the wedding. We were wrong. Well, they did. We were sort of right, but mm. because there are only a few days left, 
the real crazy ones just came out of the woodwork because this is the last minute stuff. This is like when people are making their final decisions, including Thomas Markle, Meghan Markle's dad, suddenly decided, you know what? I'm not going to go. And I mean, that's... honestly, God bless Meghan Markle's weird family because otherwise we would still have like, which dress, which ring, which shoes, which person, who's like, coming, who's what not. Priyanka Chopra so wear? So, oh my God, if I see one more fucking headline about Priyanka Chopra <laughs> and like what she is in doing i'm gonna scream she's so boring i mean she's megan markle's friend what what do you expect she's probably her only good friend because every interview i've seen with her they always ask about megan and she's very good at demurring well yeah we were talking about we were talking about that with uh hudat friends yesterday Mm -hmm. i mean and shawnee and they were like shawnee pointed out she was like please note that the people who aren't saying shit about this are Megan's actual friends. It's true, though. We're like, hearing it's from her, everyone but her, her actual friends. Yeah, it's her, like, Hollywood friends. It's yeah. like the Good ones they know that better. She, <laughs> right. They know how to keep a fucking secret. Meanwhile, every person who's ever met her before the year 1999 like, is like, <gasps> hey, 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 hey. Anyways, we you you put a bunch of really good oh. headlines in. The, the tabloids are going nuts. Why don't it's you start with the dark. first one? It's getting dark, but it's also, it's going to be over soon. Like we said, we we are going to stop as a as a civilization, not even just a country or like a, as a civilization, as a species. We are going to stop caring about Megan's family, distant family, Sunday. Right. I think we'll stop caring about her family immediately, and we'll stop caring about them until they have a kid. Like yeah. America, I'm talking about yeah. America. Yeah, like true, America. True. Um, maybe when that, uh, when Samantha Markles or Samantha, whatever her last name is, uh, the half sister, when that book comes out, it will be like a flash in the pan. People won't really care. It's probably going to be bad. Um, and she's probably going to not be able to write a lot of the stuff that she wants to write because they're going to get sued. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to, we're going to forget about these people very soon. So let's go out with a bang. Here we go. Um, I think this was from The Sun or perhaps The Mirror. I don't know. Whichever one starts with puns. One of those British tabloids starts every headline with a good pun. And this one is a great pun. I'll stand by you. A-I-S-L-E. I'll stand by you. Thank you. Um, Who will give Megan away if her dad doesn't go to the wedding? Could mom Doria Ragland walk her down the aisle? I had forgotten her name was Doria Ragland. I don't know about anyone else, but like deeply forgot her name was Doria Ragland, even though I've read about her a thousand times. I mean, it's like a storybook normal person's name. It is. <laughs> you know? Like, it's like... You're it's, marrying a Windsor. It's, it's literally like if there was a Lifetime movie, and I know there was, about Meghan Markle's life, and they, like, it was all made up about some princess, and they and her, like, mother came out of nowhere, and it was like, it's me, your mother, Doria Ragland. <laughs> and it's like, that's her secret, like, name. That's, like, her secret identity, you know? Like, Meghan Markle is, like, her beautiful... It just, it's, it's, just it's so such normal. a, yeah, oh it's so normal. God. It's just Doria like, it's achingly normal. Um, the next headline, I don't know where this is from, but they have oh, their people. own royal wedding. Oh, of course. Not only, is own... it a, not only is it a vertical, it has its own font and like flourishes on the side. I mean, the side. you've seen, people have gone all out about this. Um, Meghan and Harry issue statement as her dad drops out of wedding, colon, it's deeply personal, which it's means deeply... no comment. It means no comment, and but they actually did. What's their What's theirs? Kensington Palace. They released a statement after this dad was like, "JK, I'm not going to this wedding," because everyone was reaching out to them for a statement. So they finally released one that's just it's like two sentences. You know, well, he had a like, heart attack. You know that, right? Well, oh, oh, he had a quote heart attack. Oh, oh, it's not really confirmed whether or not he had a heart. attack. You don't think he had a heart attack? No, he had like chest pains. I think oh. that's been misinterpreted. And Do you it's think all, he but ate? Chest, he. No, <laughs> Do you think he ate his steak too fast and got heartburn and was like, I can't go to the wedding? The chest pains, he said they were emotional. He said that they came from, like, stress. Do you think this is because they found out that he had staged paparazzi photos that were sold for (laughs) $200,000? Yes. Those ones of him reading, like, England books. Like, Like how to go to England. (laughs) Yeah, like, what is England? At an internet cafe looking up, like, England on Wikipedia. It's honestly so devious and makes so much sense. Like, that's a genius paparazzi move, like, to come up with this whole thing. Like, hey, we're going to, like, can you you go to an internet cafe and, like, look up England? And we're going to do You know whose idea it was? Who? Samantha. Oh, no. Evil genius, Samantha Markle. She's a genius. Did you see she gave herself a makeover where she was, like, blonde, but then she, like, dyed her hair brown and got, like, a deep tan? (laughs) Yeah. Like, a very sus tan. (laughs) 
I love them and I can't wait to forget them. Uh, I like, I hope that they So what happened was, we let's let's expand on this. So people found out that, not people, the publication, but people broadly, <laughs> people, we found out as a society that Thomas Markle faked those photos because security footage from inside <laughs> the cafe where he staged the photos was released, leaked by some devious monster. Come on. Uh, of of course them, it was. like, planning out, like, staging and framing the photos with the paparazzi people, blah, 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 blah. Iconic. So then everyone's like, oh my God, can you believe it? He did it for money. First of all, of course he did it for money. Why not make a quick buck when you can get it? And especially, like, in this 100%, country. 100%. 100%. Um, and then Samantha Markle comes out and she says, we didn't do it for the money because, you know, it didn't actually pay that much. I think she called it pittance. A pittance. Um, <laughs> okay. And then um, we, I planned them. It was all my idea. And I planned them because I wanted people to stop disrespecting Thomas. Did Wait, you but, see this? She was but like, it made it, him. It made them disrespect him more. She thought that it wouldn't. She thought that it would make him look like a nice, normal guy. She wanted to take back the narrative and make him look like a normal man, like a come good on, guy. Come on, it was on. a lie. I mean, she's a liar. She's a liar. Samantha. Samantha. Um. But what's the next one? Okay, here we go. Uh, I'll read these two back to back. Well, these are just more of kind of the same that we were talking about too. Yeah. Um, well, the one based on Meghan Markle's dad was royal wedding scammers. <laughs> we wrote this one. Meghan Markle's father staged photos with paparazzi that were shared around the world and sold for up to a hundred thousand pounds just days before he walks her down the aisle. Um, I mean, and, come on, guys, this right. is how capitalism works. Okay. And that was before he decided to not walk her down the aisle. Yes. Um, and then we have these two that are covering the same thing. I guess I can just read. I'll just read the first one that, yeah. because it's it's aggregating TMZs, but it's it's a little more dramatic and good. Inside Royal Wedding Meltdown, which left Kensington Palace in shock after being blindsided by Meghan Markle's dad when he sensationally pulled out. Wait, I'm sorry. When he sensationally pulled out is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, it's, it's very like natural birth control. Like gross. Like, okay, great. He pulled out. Um, I guess what is interesting is that these headlines, like... When they're saying like royal wedding meltdown, I genuinely do believe that there's like a lot of drama about this. And there is like a little bit of a meltdown happening. Like I don't think that's a huge exaggeration because it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And so TMZ's story goes into detail here. And we don't have to repeat ourselves even though we often do. We believe TMZ when it comes to most things. And TMZ is like very convincing in their reporting on this. I mean, they don't really have like... I mean, I'm sure they have ears everywhere, but, like, they're not the best, like, British, you know, uh, like, I wouldn't say that, they, that they're, that they like, a great, uh, like, for British information. But, like. But I, here, every every British tabloid is running with the story. Which yeah. gives it a little credence. I. I believe it. I believe it, too. So And also, these people are American. Don't forget, these people are Americans, the yeah, ones they're yeah, dealing yeah, with. So yeah. you're right. So, like, yes, it's a British issue, but <clears throat> these are Americans. <laughs> yeah, it's not, like an, it's not like an international call, you know? Like, it's no. easier to call TMZ. So yeah. Kensington Palace was caught <laughs> flat-footed by TMZ's story that Meghan Markle's dad will not walk her da- his daughter down the aisle because we found out the palace had made elaborate plans for him. Our palace sources say the plans included a security detail for Thomas Markle, along with accommodations and access to various events. Um, so it's basically saying, like, this all this thing was scheduled to down to each millisecond, right? And mm-hmm. now that this one guy isn't going, they have to like rework the entire schedule. And it's fucking with them. Meanwhile, it's sad because apparently Megan is like begging him to come because apparently he was gonna walk her down the aisle either alone or with Doria. Um, so that sort of throws down the whole like I mean, how, and also how long, it's not even a typical walking a daughter down the hill. Westminster Abbey is like eight miles long. Excuse me, <laughs> yeah. eight kilometers you long. Can't, yeah, like, you really need help. walking her down you a need, long aisle. You need help to get down that aisle. That's yeah. going to take like 30 minutes. Yeah, it's going to be a long aisle. And so they're saying that they've uh, completely put this entire thing into chaos. Apparently, Harry's really sad, which also I believe, um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, what else is there to say? Um, I didn't watch, and I, well, you didn't watch either because we were on vacation, but the Lifetime movie of, um, Harry and Meghan, I was going to watch it this week because I wanted to cut some parts, like, for, for Saturday's event to show. I've not had time. Um, but it looked we'll watch really... It. We'll, ha- we'll watch it for Saturday, yeah. Yeah, it looked really fun. <laughs> um, Did you see what Shawnee said about it? Yeah, so... <laughs> 
Uh, they made it tweet, about like um, says, African heritage. That was one of the I just remembered that the Harry and Meghan Lifetime movie begins with Charles in Botswana telling young Harry that all life began in Africa and no. ends no. with Queen Elizabeth proudly informing Harry that he has African heritage <laughs> via Queen Charlotte. <laughs> what are it. you thinking, Lifetime? I hate it. I love a narrative, but I hate that. That is <laughs> terrible. That is disgraceful. Anyways, um, I'm definitely going to watch it. We're um, almost done with this Meghan Markleist thing, but I think the funniest story story now it's like who's gonna walk her down the aisle well obviously it's gonna be doria but the doria. question is will do will i i think i think what's gonna happen i think thomas is gonna have like a grand return no i think he's gonna come and i think it's gonna be both of them are gonna walk her down the aisle what rumor rumors i do not believe number one that she would dare walk down alone i can't see that happening number two that prince <laughs> charles will walk her down the aisle have you seen that anywhere that's crazy. that's not gonna happen it's maybe gonna princess happen. diana's ghost will walk her down the aisle <laughs> i mean that goes without saying that goes without saying <laughs> It reminds She's me there. of those. Reminds me of that meme of pictures of Beyonce at the Met Ball. She didn't go. It just said the Holy Spirit. <laughs> just pictures of like an empty carpet. An empty <laughs> it's a good meme. I Anyways, mean. this is like thrilling. I'm so glad that we have this like question. I'm so glad there's like a there's like excitement. Something's gonna there's happen. What's gonna happen? Usually, there's no surprise it's like with Westworld. this shit. Yeah, like, like I was oh. worried. Like this weekend, we have like a hundred idiots waking up at seven a.m. with us. Like we're idiots too to watch this damn thing, and it better be fun. And now that I know that there's like this cliffhanger, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Yeah, it's gonna be. Sorry, it's I called be a you idiots. So, <laughs> but you are for waking up I mean, at seven a.m. <laughs> we're the we're the supreme idiots. If I'm our, sorry. If the hooligans are idiots, we're like, well, granny and granddad idiots. So. <laughs> Wow, you really just like aged us so much. Yeah, I know. Well, we both had a couple birthdays and you know what? Um, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> let's move. Let's move on. Israeli's entry to Eurovision 2018, the winning entry to Eurovision 2018, Toy by Netta. It's mm-hmm. terrible. It's not good. It it the problem is is that it like definitely does have like an essence of Eurovision in it. Um, but what turned me off and what made me actually kind of mad is she calls it like a Me Too anthem, and it's like, girl, no. Like it's not. Like it's not. Stop. Please stop. And the other thing that's really kind of interesting about Israel winning, we'll like go back from the win to like Is that it's not in Europe? <laughs> well, that's one thing. But also, I mean, all these headlines about the Gaza Strip and Palestine oh, that yeah. happened literally a day, a day a after, you you know, like you have, you have all these congratulations to Israel for winning this thing. And then this like terrible, th- and now, oh, we're going to Israel next year. Yeah. Like next year in Jerusalem, which is also controversial. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and the next day you have these like murders and it was just like this is like really complicated and like really fucked up and it was really interesting experiencing the finale like amongst the people because everybody like loved the song like people were singing along and enjoying the song but then when they won it was like this weird split between people who were like yeah Israel and people who were like uh, awkward you know like a, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. had a lot of Irish people a lot of like drunk Irish people being like like yikes you know like I'm not yeah. you know and it was really like it was really interesting to see because it was like you could tell the like one of the most interesting things about Eurovision is that it's like 50% camp 50% like politics yeah. and so people get pulled in either direction it's like I love this song but like the politics are yikes and like that is kind of what Eurovision is which is why you start voting for like you might love you might love toy but then you're like, yikes! So you're gonna vote for like Estonia, you know? Like you're like, I it's, can't it's, vote for Israel. Like, or not, I just not Estonia. Can't. It's like um, it's like how I think that's why Austria got so many points because that song, that song was pretty good. The 
mean, the number of votes that Austria got really shocked me. Well, Austria came in first in the in the country votes. So there's right. so Eurovision is there's half it's half jury, half like call in votes. Call you can in, call yeah. in like twenty times. It's like very. That's the part I that's a little in, bit you know. mysterious. I know you did. You, you Josh and I both called in. He voted for Denmark, cheater. and then I voted for Australia. And then when we checked out of our hotel, they were like, "Did you take anything out of the mini bar?" We were like, "No." And then they were like, uh, "It says it says you have two phone calls. You, you, you made it. It says you made a couple phone calls." I was like, two, right?" And she's like, "Yes, two. And she's like, "Okay, that's one twenty euro." I was like, "Okay, great." They were sixty cents each. <laughs> Honestly, that's so worth it. That's so worth it. I was like desperate to vote, but like I understand why I'm not allowed to vote. Anyways, um, uh, uh, again, you kind of did illegally, so a little bit, mm, a little bit sketch. I'm gonna call. I'm calling the the cops. Neither of them won. Okay, neither of them won. Not even close. So, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately, so uh, what was I explaining? Oh, so it's half jury vote, half country votes, and uh, or no, half yes, half jury votes, half Collins, and uh. And Austria was leading after the jury votes, which oh, come yeah. first. And that's, that that's the votes from the other countries. And they're mm-hmm. very political because they're all about friendship. And they're allowed to give, you know, 12 votes, 10 votes, 8 votes, and I think <clears throat> I think 4 votes. They're allowed yeah, to give like four. They they reveal the they reveal the lower votes first, and they surprise you with who they gave the twelve votes. Like to. the twelve is like the big like our best friends. We love <laughs> them, but like they're kind of politically lining up. Like you know who you know like they'll throw like you know if they're friends like Italy and France are friends, so they'll like yeah. throw each other votes. So like Italy and France are always giving each other like the eight or the ten or the you know if, if it's a big deal to twelve or whatever. So like and if you don't like and if you don't like a particular country politically, then you give it to a country that like may not even be good you don't it's it's basically the political votes like do not consider the song at all no and that's what's really interesting because then you have like an audience that's calling in and voting for the song so like Mm -hmm. people loved that israel song and Mm -hmm. people loved cyprus's song fuego like people loved that and so it was really interesting because like austria was at the top for political reasons and then as soon as the audience votes came in it got zoomed down because these Mm -hmm. other songs that people genuinely like loved the songs were the ones that came out on top. But that's like, that's just like Im- not important because we should just no. talk about like but being there. to be fair, <laughs> Toy, Toy, as terrible as Toy is, like I can't get it out of my head. I can't get Fuego out of my head. I can't Fuego get... Fuego was really good. Fuego um, was Cypress's uh, entry. They've never won ever. So it was kind of a bummer that they didn't, that they came in second because it's always nice when, like, Portugal had never won until last year. So Mm -hmm. when they won, it was, like, exciting on many levels, right? Um, Although I did, like, have many conversations with cab drivers about the Portugal Eurovision guy, and they were like, he's stupid. He's boring. So I was like, love this country. (laughs) People love the Portugal woman, though, the one with the pink hair. They, they love loved her. they loved this year's entry, but she had no chance because they had just won yeah. last year. And yeah. honestly, you know, whatever. So Toy, we should go through their names, I guess. There's Israel who won. Um, mm-hmm. Toy, Netta Barzilai, which is like a song that involves like a lot of weirdness, like clucking, but not <laughs> in like <laughs> you can play it. And then Fuego, which was more of like a Beyonce type dance track, or she kind of danced like she she reminded people of Beyonce in her like staging. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and her staging was great. Her outfits were great. Her she, outfits it was were, great. A, a fun thing about Eurovision is that like things feel just dated enough. Like Fuego styling was like four years old. You know, like. Yeah. Everything's like everything's a few years too late, but that's sort of what makes it fun and charming. It's also like there's something inherently gay about Eurovision and campy because of Europe and like the idea of a song contest in general. Mm-hmm. Um but the songs that are like you think are like the gayest like don't always win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like I think Cyprus was like the gay track of the of, of the competition. Cyprus but like, was super gay, and then the um. But like Toy is never going to be played in a gay club. Like maybe like with a dance re- like the dance remix that's like barely recognizable. But that's not like a song that felt no. danceable. Cyprus, too. Cyprus feels like something that could easily be on like top forty radio right now. 
Right. And then if you notice, like, Austria, Germany, and Italy were all, like, kind of, kind of slow sloppy, dude slow. Like, Ed sheeran Yes. Um, Ed sheeran songs. Like, very, like, sort of wistful songs. Right. So then you have, like, these kind of ballads that are, you know, Italy's was in Italian. That usually gets you points if you do it in so your original bad. language. Italy does like, Italian a lot. Italy yeah. loves singing in Italian. Because you don't have to sing France, in your native language. You France sing in French. They didn't even make the top 10 France, which was crazy. Oh, and I loved their song. I know. So you had you had Austria, Germany, Italy with like kind of these like slow ballads, which to be fit, like I will say like I usually skip over them when I listen to the songs just in general. But when you're at the show, so we attended this sem this the second, the second semifinals. Yeah. Um so we saw who did we see? I think we saw of these we Austria. saw Austria. No, Austria. No, we didn't see Austria. We, we saw, saw Sweden, Dance You Off, Denmark, and Moldova. <laughs> Moldova honestly of the top 10. We only is saw my new four, fave. Yeah. yeah. Moldova took me a while to to fall in love with, but I do like it. Their staging, because we saw it live, but like I'm short, so I really couldn't like see it until I watched it later. Their staging was like really fun. Yeah, it was like um, it was like one, two, three. It was maybe like nine little boxes, <laughs> like um, an IKEA and they wardrobe. Would each open up. Yeah, it was like an IKEA wardrobe, and they would all like open up and to reveal little like glimmers of uh, a cheating scandal going on behind them. But, but there it was, was like a also kooky, fun cheating scandal. It was cool because the choreography, the choreography was there was not there was maybe six different people all dressed. Uh, like there were two characters each and so as they were playing around different arms and body parts and would come out from behind the doors you kind of have to watch it to see what yeah, we're saying it's good and, that and really the good, charmed and the great us thing about Eurovision is that everything's online to watch yeah uh, and arguably it's better to watch it online than it is to be there in person but the best thing about right. being there in person so that's is to the get thing. the audience reaction being there in person was surreal like extremely surreal it's a huge production it's incredibly live it's incredibly produced like it's I've I've never kind of experienced anything like that before. It was Maybe. so tight. I, like you're you're sort of too overwhelmed by how efficient everything is. Yes. To really even pay attention to the music because you're like a song will start, it will end. They will strike the stage. They will bring on the new one. All in like in the span five of like, minutes. Oh, and less. Oh, less. Sometimes less the turnaround's like one minute. You're right. You're right. And they'll like bring out a brand new stage, and then it goes. Like these songs are rehearsed to it with to within like an inch of their life. Like they they rehearse these songs over and over and over and over and over again. It's like they're robots, and in some yeah. cases there are robots. <laughs> there were well we saw San Marino before they were not allowed into the final they did not make it but yeah, that was an incredible I recommend you go watch San Marino's actually San Marino every year is good but anyways I was more obsessed and I think it's because I really couldn't see the stage that well behind oh, yeah. us were these were the couches so if you watch Eurovision they will cut to interviews of them sitting on these kind of bottle service couches they'll they'll have their whole crew because Eurovision's about the song so it's mm-hmm. you have the songwriters and the performers sitting on this couch um kind of holding their flag and like mm-hmm. watching the other performers but then also they'll like get interviewed by the awkward hosts and it's always in English. Another thing about Eurovision it, that's incredible is that it's always everything's in English <laughs> even though no one speaks English. And But it's like it's Europe so everyone does speak English but it's but it's poorly. not always their first language. Right. So it's like it's like Oh my god! It's just they have to be interviewed in these like. Oh my god! Did just... you see the translation from some of them? Like they oh. were interviewing the guy from Ukraine at one point, and he doesn't speak English. And he had a translator, and she was like asking the translator to ask him, and the questions were like, "Is that oh, your real eye, or is that a contact lens?" So He's did like, the Russian contact woman. Lens. She didn't speak English. It really <laughs> is rude. It should be in. It should be in Portuguese. It should be in the winning country's language of choice you know it's very rude to the portuguese people well you have to translate anyways because they definitely don't speak portuguese (laughs) right come on so like it's just it's a complicated show but it was amazing to watch it kind of happen live well oiled well oiled right people were running around all over there was fire there were lasers there was tv screens there were fans amazing like the best part was like watching the fans because oh yeah that's what made me fall in love with denmark there are no Americans there. Like, I mean, I, I, I've heard there are Americans there other than us, and I know that there, there probably are, but there's no evidence of Americans there. Like, <laughs> everyone, seriously, 
Everyone who talked to us asked us, what are you doing here? Why are you Everyone here? was like, why are you here? And we're like, like we didn't know. <laughs> we're just like, we love it. But anyways, so like everyone was like there standing. There were like some really powerful stand movements, including Australia, which won me oh. over with its fans. And then honestly, like with its song by the end, because like. That she song, was, I love that song. That's my song. actual favorite song of the year, but we don't yeah. have to dwell. We don't have to so dwell. Australia was like, people were really excited about Australia. People were really excited about, um, what were the other countries that people really were pumped about? Norway, weirdly. People love Norway. Norway, which had one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. Um, they love the Hungary song. They love the Hungarian heavy metal song. Yeah, and a lot of these songs were songs that were kind of like favored, but then never quite got to the next point. And I think right. that's what's really funny about Eurovision is that people try and predict this stuff based on like merit almost, and yet mm-hmm. you're never right. Like you're never uh, right. I mean, I don't know. Israel I think- was a favorite, but I think by the end of it, everyone expected it to go to Cyprus. Right, because of many reasons, and it yeah. didn't. I mean, I had more fun with other entries, too. I just was kind of like, like, even, you know, even Sweden, which, like, is one of those countries that you would think would win every year because they just, like, those people know how to write a fucking song. They had this perfect pop song, but it just was missing, like, a spark, right? It was mm-hmm. missing the, yeah. like, Moldova, campy, like, who, whatever that the, was. <laughs> the Sweden guy, his name is Benjamin Ingrosso. He just didn't have, like, whatever you need to be a pop star. He had the staging. His staging was so cool. That right. light wall was so awesome. And it was even, like, it was actually even more impressive in person. Primarily but how just can because- you beat... Like a hunky, long beard Denmark guy with oh. like huge boats on the stage, huge boats uh, and snow and snow. My and favorite just, thing about Denmark is that everyone like. What was funny? We kept joking about talking about like, a song not, you can't dance to. <laughs> not everyone uh, who performs on the stage makes use of the stage as like ample pyrotechnics, and so we kept joking about like, I wonder how much they charge to use the like sparks and the flamethrowers because it's like. Why wouldn't you just use them if they were free? But only some people use them. Well, Denmark, Denmark was like, we're not going to use fire. We're going to bring in snow. And well, part of this snow. Part of this too is is some countries, most countries, spend money, or you're supposed to spend a lot of money on choreographers and staging, and kind of that's so important because like you only have like two minutes and you do it again and again and again. You want to make this huge splash, but mm-hmm. some countries like don't, and that's why you can tell kind of like that they're not as cool. And the mm-hmm. other thing is like. Some countries, and this is like just a thing, the, if you win Eurovision, you have to host it next year. Some countries can't really host. They don't, want to. they don't really want to. So they don't really enter something that is like the most ama- that's going to win or like that is that is like the best thing. And, you know, half these songs, you know, are written by people who aren't necessarily from the countries. The songs, there's a whole market to buy the songs. Like, mm-hmm. I guess um, – somebody's song was supposed to go to somebody else. Oh, the UK almost bought the song that uh, Austria ended up singing. Something like that. Like, it's oh. it's not clear, you know, and like um, Fuego or the Malta song had a songwriter who had written a song that won for Laureen, the Euphoria. Right, right, right. So I like, like that song. So, like, there's a lot of, if you notice, like, there's a lot of weird things. Like, there was controversy with... Um, Norway because he's not actually from Norway. He's from Russia. And then there was controversy with Russia because Russia didn't perform last year because uh, the the Ukraine barred their singer from entry because she had performed in uh, Crimea. That is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Uh, A territory that had been annexed. Like it was like this is so complicated. And then Mm -hmm. Russia, the woman that didn't the woman who didn't perform in Russia last year. Uh, shows up and is literally uh, in a mountain. She performs in a mountain. And <laughs> Russia, a mountain. and everyone is so angry with Russia in general that she doesn't even get past the semifinals. Which right. is, and everyone is angry. 
Everyone's angry at Russia, but it's like they're not angry at her. So that made that performance very strange. So it's just like there was actual, I don't know. I heard some booing, not a lot. Like people Mm. were typically very, very respectful, but it's like watching the crowd react differently. You can't tell this on television. Watching the crowd react differently to every performer is like really fascinating. Like (laughs) no one really, like people were doing other shit while Russia was performing, you know? Everyone was was paying attention when, everyone was paying attention when like Hungary was performing or Denmark was performing, but no one was watching Russia. There was a lot of like, interesting small things that you really only caught when you were there not that you have to go I think just watching it is like a joy on its own but like it it definitely I definitely feel like I have a new perspective on it but a lot of that perspective is how un-American it is and how much I liked that it felt Mm -hmm. like being in a in a a, such a foreign situation that I'd never been in before where like I didn't I was like fully impartial and fully like uninvolved and no matter how much i learned about like the history of everything it's like i had no idea yeah what we was were going on <laughs> we were experiencing it from like the, the purest possible angle which i think is really fun yeah. as an american like we're not we're not clouded with the sort of like s- the political angle at all we're just like oh damn the song slaps you know like yeah even you weren't even into the the australia song but when you hear it in person no. it was just like it was like so contagious the excitement in the but crowd. But also, it's like I so didn't know cool. that this woman was like this Australian like icon, legend, like local hero. Like I didn't know. Did you see? Um, did you see the video? So Australia was led at a Eurovision a few years ago, mm-hmm. and the first 2015, year that, I think 2015, and the first year that they were allowed in, or the year before they were allowed in, they just like sang. Not in competition, but they had this woman, Jessica Mawboy, yeah. perform at Eurovision, but she oh. wasn't competing. And the did you see the video? I think we watched it together of um, that Eurovision made of like Australia finally being let in. And it was like the CGI video that they made of like a yeah. helicopter yeah. lifting yeah. up the continent of Australia yeah. and dropping it like next to the British Isles. It's the funniest thing. No, it's, it's great. It's so cheesy. It's so fun. And so the thing about us and and the number one American question you get to is like, why is Australia competing? And Mm. the answer is because they wanted to. And that's what's so charming. It's like they've been watching Eurovision since like the 80s. They watch Eurovision more than a lot of countries that compete in Eurovision. Mm. So finally, Eurovision was like, if you guys are going to keep like being involved in our thing, like we're going to let you in. Mm -hmm. And they let them in two, uh, three years ago. But what's interesting is now they're launching Asia Vision. Mm -hmm. And Which is still I, called, it's called, I found out the real name is like Eurovision Asia. But Eurovision now everyone calls Asia. it. Everyone, it's officially sanctioned by the Eurovision like. Entity. Oh, I'm sure. It might it's be like, like Eurovision.tv slash Asia. It's, it's like fully Eurovision Asia. So I wonder, and I wonder if that means that it's going to be part of Eurovision, but just like Asia. Well, so that's it's gonna what be... the Irish guys we were talking to suspected. They were like, Australia might get pulled into Eurovision Asia. Because it makes it awkward if Australia is part of Eurovision proper and then like yeah. all their surrounding countries are in Eurovision Asia. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but also yeah. like the Irish guys were saying, they were like, Eurovision Asia is going to be better than regular Eurovision. He was like, I can't wait. Yeah, it, it probably will be. But what's so it's interesting is I signed up for the Eurovision Asia newsletter and I tweeted this, but <laughs> the, <laughs> duh, obviously. What's what, interesting? Come on, are you getting? It's not like Rachel Maddow. It's interesting. I signed in- up for a, for. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying, what was interesting was not that I signed up for the newsletter. It's that the address associated with the newsletter was in Australia. So oh, that, Im- ooh, that implies to, right, it is though. So that implies yeah. to me that Australia is behind Eurovision Asia. I think that they're trying to start their own offshoot. So that they have a better chance. Well, <laughs> well that, I mean, they want to win so badly, but I think they also want to involve these other countries. But I'm just curious, like what, what that means for, like is Israel going to get pulled in to Eurovision Asia or like, mm. What Things are going to be shaken up. I mean, I'm just waiting um, for Eurovision America. Like, I'm desperate for it. We need to join. <laughs> it would be insane. Eurovision would... America, we were talking, again, another thing we were talking about with, like, European people. But it's like, Eurovi- Eurovision America would be so great because everyone hates each other here. Like, yeah. everyone hates other states. And yeah. having 50 representatives for all of the states there, including, like, no, we throw in Puerto Rico. Like, we throw in all of our territories, too. It would be so much fun. We throw and in it would Puerto be Rico. so intense. No, because, like, it would just be everyone. It would be so much fun. 
And it would get really dramatic. It's like you think American Idol is fun. There's no like weird state pride involved in American Idol. That would just make things crazy. No, and we and it's fun because it's a it's a it's a it brings everyone together. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of like what was nice to see was like it felt like everybody was coming together over these ridiculous songs that no one was gonna remember after like a day. Oh yeah, and just you know like recognizing each other's countries and talking about each other's countries and you know it just it was like really cool and every time everyone we talked to was like why are you here but then as soon as australian the the really like sweet australian blogger oh my god no he wasn't australian he was austrian Austrian, sorry austrian he was austrian and but what's great was that as soon as we got past the like why are you here they wanted to tell us everything that they knew they wanted to explain to us like the history of everything and like Mm -hmm. blah 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 and it was like this is great like this is like your own version of like risk like you are do you know what i mean it felt like like musical risk or something yeah it was um the the my favorite one of my favorite Eurovision moments was on the train from mm. this this the city center of of Lisbon to the Altis Arena. Yeah, um, we were standing next to these like four guys. I think they were Portuguese uh, or Spanish. Uh, I thought irrelevant. they might also oh, they be Spanish. Spanish. Well, I um, couldn't tell because I honestly irrelevant. don't speak either. Um, irrelevant. They were dressed as Abba and. Like, like in full drag, full, full bad drag, drag. Dressed full as bad Abba. drag. And so at one point they were like just talking to each other and they were standing next to us. And then Lindsay's just like smiling next to them. And they're not talking to us at all. They're talking to each other and they pull out their phone and they're trying to take a selfie, but their arms aren't long enough to take a selfie of all of them. And like, especially with those wigs, it's hard to fit them all in the frame <laughs> if you're taking a selfie. So Lindsay's like, do you want to, they didn't speak very good English. And Lindsay was like, do you want to take it? And they're like, oh yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay took the camera. And goes, say dancing queen. And they go, dancing queen. It and then, was like, so it was so fun. funny. And then, if you noticed, we transferred to another train and then they just started singing songs. At first, they started singing ABBA songs, but then they just started singing Eurovision songs. They started singing uh, We Got Love. They sang Fuego. They right. sang the, they sang the best song songs. that no one cared about. They sang the and best then songs. At some point, someone took a photo of them and they did it again. They go, dancing queen. <laughs> You started a trend. <laughs> it was fun. We we met really a lot good. of fun people. It was good. Like I definitely everyone would, gets hammered at your yeah. Vision. I would definitely go again. The lines were too long. Yeah, I would definitely go again. I don't think I'm gonna go next year, but uh, I would definitely go again. It's like a great excuse to go like visit a country you've never been to before, and like I don't know, like or honestly, just, just visit a, a country in Europe that's playing it is probably fun. Oh, I mean, right, totally. If if there was a country that was favored and you were somehow in that country, you would have a great time too. Like people were show, I think people were, people are watching this. Like it is popular. I mean, I'm just like hoping that Australia like can come through. Like I just want Australia to like get to host this damn thing. Just also let Jessica perform every year. She's great. <laughs> um, let's do Rita. What on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the number one Who. Lindsay, Bobby, tell us now. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? So while we were gone, Rita oh had one of God. maybe her most dramatic moments uh, in recent memory since we've been doing this she podcast. She literally released a notes app apology while we were on vacation. It's like I can't imagine any ruder timing. I think she did it on purpose. She released that song that we've been talking about for what feels like nine months now. Girls, the well, song with yeah. um, Cardi, BB, 
and God, who else? Rita Carly. and Charlie. Charlie. Cardi, Charlie, BB, Rita. You know. The song the, about the, kissing the, girls when you're a four. girl. Like if the, you're a girl, but you also like to kiss girls, that's what the song is about. Well, the weird thing was that from the start, before the song was even released, Rita was like, I'm inspired by um, I Kissed a Boy or I Kissed a Girl. Oh, my God. I'm inspired by Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. And if you mm-hmm. remember, that song was very popular, but that song is very controversial. That song and was when, a problem. Yeah. And people look back at it and say, you know what? That song, it was good, but we don't really want to like acknowledge that it was you a know problem. What? Let's strike it from the Katy Perry record. You know. So if you've read anything about anything about this song, you would know that it's maybe not the best song to base <laughs> your new song off of, right? Especially in 2018. Yeah. So... This was supposed to be the like equivalent of boys, Charlie's boys. And I see the, you know, your, your bang bang of 2018. (laughs) The, the lady marmalade. The lady marmalade of our day. Anyways, we had heard the part of the song at a live performance. I don't know if you remember, like it's pretty much the same song without Cardi's verse. Yeah. That she sang. And I was kind of like not impressed. The vocals are indistinguishable like the women are indistinguishable for, indistinguishable oh. from one another you know? I can tell the difference between them because I'm sick but I will say BB is like fucking BB sounds like a robot. on this track BB sounds like, like a robot BB sounds like one of those like San Marino robots do you like the song uh, I think the because I don't hate chorus it. is sort of catchy yeah um I I think it's fine. I, I honestly, like, I know myself well enough to know that, like, as time passes and I listen to the song, like, I won't be mad about it. Yeah. I mean, Boys is a lot better, though. The A lot of people were really mad about it. One, I think, because it's one thing to have Rita, like, as the main singer be like, I'm bisexual, love it. But, like, the mm-hmm. fact that the three other women were not, like, nobody was gay in that group really right Right. yeah i mean i'm not speak i'm not trying to speak for everyone's whatevers but like there's a lot of like really cool like queer singers Mm -hmm. and if you're not going to try and get like at least one or two of them on this track like especially like female rappers like come on come on um so that was like kind of weird and uh hayley kyoko was uh, yeah annoyed about it she was completely understandably for those reasons and i think a reason that she brought up that is also something that should be considered is that it was very like it was i mean let me just quote her a song like this just fuels the male gaze while marginalizing the idea of women loving women because it could i mean it could easily you understand the interpretation of like oh this is just trying to make girls kissing girls some sort of sexy fun silly thing that happens sometimes which is what it's been for the past a hundred million years like that's what we see as like Oh, like, so she's get basically drunk, saying, have we moved past this thing where it's like, oh, isn't it like no, we fun when a we girl haven't. kisses another girl or when a boy kisses another boy? Actually, that's still not fun when a boy kisses another boy, according to pop music. <laughs> but um, uh, but anyway, that's what Haley said. So Rita Ora responded. I, th- I think Haley's response is what got Rita so shook. Yeah, because it's really fucking right yes. and you can't really argue with it with, no because, not at all and even if we per, you and i didn't feel immediately like offended Haley's response made me understand fully what oh yeah was angry why people were angry and like that made me be like oh well clearly this is not something that i felt in me but i totally understand why a song that implies that you have to be fucked up to kiss a woman yeah you have to drink red is wine rude like that's yeah. rude and not cool so rita wrote um, a notes app that I guess I should read. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, read it in full. The best part is it starts with, hello, everyone reading this. <laughs> uh, which it should have started with, hello, my gay boys. <laughs> hello, my gay Hi, girls. My gay boys. Hi, my gay girls. Hello, everyone reading this. Girls was written to <laughs> represent my truth and is an accurate ac- account of a real and honest experience of my life. I'm sorry, it's not funny, but it's like, okay, so Rita got drunk on red wine and hooked up with a girl. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, I have had romantic relations with women and men throughout my life, and this is my personal journey. God, I love this response. is so. I am sorry how I express myself in song. Sorry, I am sorry how I express myself in my song has hurt anyone. That's bad English. Not me. She wrote that. I would never intentionally cause harm to other LGBTQ plus people or anyone. Looking forward, I hope that continuing to express myself through my art will empower my fans to feel as proud of themselves as I'm learning to. This is so boring. Remember, she did that like pride thing for oh, Absolute yeah. Vodka. I just mm-hmm. thought of that as I was reading this. Yep, <laughs> Rita yep, has yep. pride. Okay, she has pride. Like any. Where it was like an absolute vodka branded song, basically. 
right yeah it was it was pride song so this is controversial but i can't help and this is gonna sound like Lindsay, you're deep you're in too deep but i can't help but think like this only gets rita more attention and press and like you know she loves it of (laughs) course like rita got think pieces rita's never gotten think pieces before Right? That's true. She hasn't. I don't think she has. Ever. No one's like thinking about Rita. Now people are thinking about Rita. But you know what? They're not. If if the song if if the song had been better, also, yeah, people would be thinking about her even more. I think it's right. easy to forget this because the song is so like eh, whatever. Well, the thing, the funny thing is, is that unless the song, unless it like takes a turn and becomes like huge, which doesn't kind of seem like it. Yeah, but it's still it's, it's so it, early. It's hard to predict. Right. It's like. Boys didn't like do well either, no. and I kissed and I kissed a girl only was a thing because it did well. It was a huge hit. Otherwise, we would have forgotten about it. I mean, didn't Katy yeah. Perry also have a song that's like "I'm gay" or something? Where you're so no, gay. No, you're so gay, and you don't even like boys. It's her being like Oof. homophobic. Oof. Like I hate my boyfriend Oof. because he's a gay. He's so a gay. to be in to to be inspired by Katy on this one is a true oversight, and to call it out is like a dummy move. Like that's a dummy move. It was it was very dumb of her. Sorry, Rita, that was dumb of you. Ugh. Also, it was dumb of her not to get a queer rapper to I know add the verse also Cardi's um, verse sucked like how many fucking like we have oh, so Cardi's many Cardi's verse had a had a <sighs> thing like being down with scissoring down with scissoring or something it just was like it just was like not good it didn't it didn't matter it didn't bring anything to the song and there are so many cool queer female rappers right now that like would have been amazing and I kind of don't understand why that didn't happen and yeah. I don't want to blame anyone but like it's Rita's name on the fucking song. She's the lead. Don't forget, it's going to go on her mm. album, which is never going to come out. So, <clears throat> yikes. So, yeah, I think that's <laughs> it for Rita. That's it for the episode. Um, wow, that was like some real Rita talk. Like, we yeah. usually don't get so much meat. No. Um, so, once again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to buy tickets to the show, just head to our website, whoweekly.us. Um and I think there are some available still, probably. They might be sold out. Who knows? I hope they're sold out. That's wild. Um, That's wild. And tickets to our Bellhouse shows are still available. I think maybe the May one's sold out. But May there's definitely is almost some, sold out. Come there's to There's definitely June. some left in June. And uh, with that, we'll see some of you on Saturday morning, bright and early, 7 a.m. at <laughs> what, a Freehold. Shit, um, yeah, in Williamsburg. We'll have a lot to talk about. And please keep calling in because we have... We have to catch up. We have so many calls to get through on I Friday. I know. Did so you may, notice you we well did? Add some more to the list. Did you notice we did no news today because we were so overwhelmed with like coming back yeah, to all this no news, news that we didn't even want to look at it. Also, so much news. We were on a podcast, uh, The Verge's Why Do You Push That Button, which was really fun. I think it's oh, out yeah. this week, so check mm-hmm. it out. I think we mm-hmm. talk about. Oh, we talked about Instagram people breaking up with each other using Instagram or celebrities implying. That they were well, I forgot we talked. About, what did we we talk? talked about celebrities. Uh, we talked about celebrity relationships in the world of Instagram. Oh yeah, that's fun. We're good. Exp- we are experts. We're so smart. Yeah, we're smart. So check that out. Come to our shows, please. Um, enjoy this episode. And we'll see, and listen to Australia's Eurovision track. Well, we got love. On you're putting it YouTube. here, right? Yes. <laughs> see you Friday. Bye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.